Welcome to Life Church today. My name is Dustin Johnston, one of the pastors here on staff, and it's great to have you in the house today. Good to see so many people. Yeah, give yourself a round of applause. I um, want to welcome you again to Life Church. It's an honor anytime that I get the opportunity to preach here at Germantown, at the Germantown campus of Life Church. Thank you, Pastor Aaron and Miss Tammy, incredible lead pastors here. And uh, we're continuing our series today called Summer Highlights, where week by week we are preaching sermons based on popular verses from Scripture. You know the kind that when you're reading your Bible, they, they like stand out to you, they jump out at you, and maybe you've taken a pen or a highlight or two because of the immediate importance to our lives. It's those kinds of verses that we're highlighting and preaching from this summer. So you're going to hear from a bunch of different speakers, including um, poor ones like myself. And so today, you're in for a treat one way or another. Grab your Bibles, go to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 4, we're going to be in the New Testament. I love everybody moving to your Bibles. You could also grab your e-Bible on this little device. If you don't have either of those, the words will be on the screens on either side of me once we get there. Today's sermon is entitled, Make Me Bold. Make me bold. And it's my hope and my prayer that by the end of today's message, that we can all pray that prayer together and mean it. Okay, I won't make you say it yet, but hopefully by the end of the sermon, we can all collectively together with confidence say, make me bold. I want to share with you a story as you turn in your Bible uh, from my past. Um, when I, I grew up in Texas, by the way, my brother Dylan and I, we grew up in Texas. It was not abnormal to have a summer day in the 105s, around there, like temperature-wise, yeah? It was a lot warmer than it is here, although, what has like 92 been earlier this last week? So fluctuates here from 92 to like 60 the next day. We're going to have snow next week, I don't know, but... Um, it is, it's pretty consistent in the summer in Texas, and 105, 109, that's kind of a normal thing. So it's, uh, it was a regular occurrence for us and the community to spend the day at the local pool. And it was, it, it's, it's just a nice way to cool down on a hot Texas summer day. On this particular day, my brother and I had convinced my dad to show off by jumping off of the high dive. Okay, uh, if you've been to a local pool before, you probably don't have a high dive in your own backyard, but you've got your small one and you've got your, you've got your relatively high diving board. Now, what you don't know about my dad is that he has a severe fear of heights. Like you might be afraid of spiders or confined spaces or, you know, whatever the case might be. In the same way, my dad is deathly afraid of being any more than five feet off of the ground. He is terrified by it. So that day at the pool, something in him must have awakened. It might have been this newfound courage, or it might have been the relentless taunting of his two sons. It was one of those two things, maybe a combination. Either way, he ascended the ladder one, one rung at a time. Finally, he arrived at the top of the ladder, and he stood on the back of the diving board, looking out over his watery kingdom, right? And wondering to himself, what in the world have I gotten myself into? He, he looked out in front of him, and he saw, someone needs to turn off their phone. Uh, he, 
he looked out ahead of him and below and saw the watery abyss down below and looked behind him and saw this um, line of uh, prepubescent kids, like a dozen kids, much younger than him, waiting to come up the ladder and jump off the diving board. And he found himself stuck. Ahead of him was a 12-foot drop below, behind him this impenetrable wall of children. My father had a decision to make in that moment. Can any of you relate? I, I know that, I'm not saying, have you ever been on a high dive before with kids behind you? I'm saying, um, have you ever been at this moment in your life where you had a decision to make? You know, you, you knew you should do something or you wanted to do something, but there was, there was this fear, this trepidation that was bubbling up inside of you, causing you to not want to do the difficult task ahead of you. You needed to make a decision in that moment. Were you going to take that bold step forward or were you going to step back and retreat? We've all faced moments like that in our lives before. Uh, we've, we've stirred up courage to confront a friend or to talk to a boss or to make a presentation. Real life situations that placed us at the crossroads of decision. That day, I watched as my father proudly took a, boldly took a step forward and then turned around and begged the high school lifeguard on duty to back up the line of kids and help him back down the ladder. Because in that moment, he refused to jump off the diving board, and he never has since. He's never even gotten up there since. But he refused in that moment. Now, listen, this is a silly illustration. My dad was bold in so many other ways. Just heights was not one of them. And in that moment, he refused and, and decided that he was not going to jump off of that diving board. It's a completely silly illustration. But it alludes to very real moments that we face in our lives where we have to determine, are we going to have the courage? Are we going to have the boldness that it takes to make this decision? And so just so that we're all on the same page as we begin this message, the dictionary defines boldness as the willingness to take risks, the willingness to act innovatively. It's confidence or courage. Listen to me today. Boldness is not an option for the Christian. You don't, have to, you don't have to shout me down. I know that it's true. Boldness is not optional for the Christian. You still, don't worry, you don't have to shout me down. I mean, you can clap, you can say amen or anything, but like the reality is that boldness is necessary to do what God has called you to do. I, I don't even know what God has called you to do. There's a lot of people in this room. God has called you to do something different than the person across the aisle from you. But no matter what has God called you to do, specific or general, it will require boldness. The specific tasks that God has called you in, in, and created you for, as well as the general task of going into all the world and preaching and teaching the good news, and, and those tasks will require an amount of courage that you and I don't naturally have. And it's one of the reasons why I love the book of Acts, because it's a study on the Christian church and how it should operate in the midst of a culture that is in direct opposition to it. In fact, the key element that led the early church to not only survive, but to thrive and to expand the kingdom of God around the world during such turbulent times was boldness. This radical, audacious courage, this willingness to innovate and to stop at nothing to see the gospel spread no matter the cost, it is boldness. In fact, I, I, I want you to get tired of hearing that word today. Boldness, boldness, boldness. Can we all say that word together? Boldness. 
you were built for boldness. I know it might not always feel like it. Pastor Dustin, I'm an introvert. You were built for boldness. But I don't know how to talk to people. You were built for boldness. No matter where you find yourself in this walk of faith, God has positioned you. He has placed his Holy Spirit inside of you and he has built you for boldness. The kind of boldness that we see lived out in Acts chapter four. Words will be on the screen. And as they were speaking to the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them. They were greatly annoyed because they had been teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they arrested them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. But many of those who had heard the word believed, and the number of men came to about 5,000. All right, we're going to read more here in just a bit, so please don't close your Bibles yet. But we've got Peter and John, two men, two Christians, that are preaching and teaching the good news of Jesus Christ, and the people within the city do not like it. Uh, the early church during this time was facing incredible opposition. And now some of the most influential people in the city are trying to squelch and silence the spread of the gospel, but the gospel was not slowing down. If you're taking notes, you can write down this first point. Boldness builds the kingdom. Boldness builds the kingdom. You see, just a couple of chapters before, Peter preaches on the day of Pentecost and 3,000 people are saved. Just a little while later, we find out that daily, God is adding to the number those that are being saved. And now in Acts chapter four, we find that that number has grown to about 5,000. It's as if these Christians actually believed what they were talking about, right? It's, it's as if they actually saw the resurrected Jesus. It's as if they were meeting together in an upper room and the Holy Spirit really did come and invade their worship service. It was as if the Holy Spirit really came into their life and changed them and gave them a Holy Spirit-inspired boldness. And now they're doing anything and everything to spread that message that Jesus is alive and he can save you from your sins because the world around them is changing. Understand this, God is perfectly capable of saving people on his own. You know that God can do that, right? God is big, bigger than you. God's powerful, more powerful than you. God can do it on his own, but he chooses not to. He doesn't want to. He has chosen, he has selected his primary method of saving people to be his people. You and me. The primary method of bringing people to Christ is the boldness of his people. When his people get bold, people get saved. And when his people get courageous, when they go to uncomfortable places, when they have uncomfortable conversations, when they act, live, and serve in unusual ways, the gospel spreads and people respond. This is the way that God works. He can do it any other way, but he has chosen this method. Get this, when we are bold, not everyone's gonna like it. Look at verse two. I hope you didn't close your Bibles there, but it shows us how some people are responding. Look at it. As they're preaching and as they're teaching and as they're doing the things that God has called them to do, how are some people responding? What does it say? They, they are greatly annoyed or disturbed. Yeah, agitated, frustrated. I don't want to take you by surprise, 
But if you begin to allow God to work through you and you begin to operate in boldness and you begin to open up your mouth and talk about your faith in unusual and uncomfortable situations and you begin to do that over and over and over again, guess what? There are going to be some people that don't like it. There are going to be some people that are greatly annoyed. When you open your mouth and you continue to talk about it, you're gonna have some coworkers that think you're annoying. You're gonna have some family members that are like, will you just shut up already? You're going to have people in your life that are greatly annoyed. That's just the reality of the situation. If you begin to allow God to work through you and you begin to get bold, the culture around you that is antithetical to the gospel that you're proclaiming and that you've been changed by, there will be some people that become greatly annoyed. That's just the reality to it. Now, listen to me. This is not an excuse for you to just go be an annoying person to annoy people. That is not what it is. Now, there's some Christians that that's what it is. They're like, I'm a Christian, now I can be annoying. No, you've always been annoying, honey, all right? You don't try to be annoying. You do the Christian thing. You be the Christian representative to the community around you. But in doing so, that is going to push against some of the beliefs and the behaviors of people you do life with. That is going to make some people uncomfortable because the way that you live and what you believe is in direct opposition to the way that they live and what they believe. And so they might get annoyed, but here's what you need to know. Under the surface of their annoyance, the kingdom of God is still advancing. The kingdom of God is still going out and moving and it is not your responsibility to save them or to change their behavior or to make everyone happy. God simply wants you to be bold. So when you share your faith and people get disturbed, don't get discouraged. Be encouraged. God is on the move. God's kingdom is built through boldness. Secondly, if you're taking notes and if you're not, you can start now. Number two, Boldness points beyond you. Boldness points beyond you. In our text in Acts chapter 4, Peter and John, they've been seized and thrown into jail overnight due to their proclamation that Jesus had been resurrected from the dead. The next day, we see Peter and John are brought before a trial of sorts, and the question they are asked is, by what power or what name do you do this? Uh, basically, we've seen... We've seen families being changed and respond to this. We've seen people being healed. We've seen now thousands of people being affected. How is this possible? And in verse 10, Peter and John respond, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And then we'll pick up in verse 12. It says, there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given, by, given among men by which we must be saved. Verse 13. Now, when the Sadducees, when the Pharisees, when the people around them, when they saw the boldness, say that word? Yeah, of Peter and John, and perceived that they were uneducated, common men, they were astonished. And they recognized, get this, that they had been with Jesus. Okay, I, w I want to get there, but to get there, I want to show us, look at the beginning of verse 13. What first catches their attention? It's their boldness. That's the thing that first catches their attention. I think many of us, we are living our good little Christian lives, hoping that people around us see Jesus. 
without our boldness. We're wanting our light to shine. We just don't want to be the one to shine it, and we don't want it to be too bright in order to blind others. We, we don't want to make other people uncomfortable. We want to be the city set on a hill, just not at the very top of the hill, maybe down the hill just a little bit. But the truth is, life change in the lives of others begins when they see something, when something catches their attention, when they're going about their normal mundane lives and they notice something is different about someone. Guess what? Our world pays attention to boldness. Our world pays attention to risk takers, to innovation, to to courage. It always has and it always will. And so it is through the boldness of Peter and John that they catch the attention of the city leaders. It's only through their boldness because the city leaders say that these guys are ordinary. What does it say? They're uneducated and ordinary. Uneducated, ordinary men. So it was nothing else other than their boldness. I can relate. I'm I'm somewhat educated, okay? Thank God for that. But I am ordinary. Like I am am plain. Look at me. There's nothing special. I'm just like normal guy, right? There's nothing nothing too um, remarkable. And so I, I, I can relate. Maybe you can relate too. Maybe you are uneducated. You weren't able to get to um, the degrees that maybe you hoped or planned for, or maybe you never had hopes or plans for that. Or, or maybe you do find yourself to be common and ordinary. Like me, I, I'm basic, right? But you, you might be saying, I'm just an ordinary person. What can I possibly do? And I am here to remind you today that it is, I'm reminding you to remember that it is not about you in the first place. It was never about you. In fact, God works best through ordinary people. God works best through common men and women. All throughout scripture and all throughout history, God chooses to work through the ordinary. God chooses to work through the mundane. There was nothing special about Jesus' 12 disciples. They were fishermen, they were outcasts, and God used them to change the world. Get this. Ordinary boldness leads to extraordinary miracles. Ordinary boldness leads to extraordinary miracles because it is your mundane coupled with God's miraculous that unleashes the impossible. It's when ordinary people step out in unordinary boldness that changes the world. And God wants to do that through you. You don't have to meet all the criteria to be used by God. You can simply say, God, I am an ordinary person doing ordinary things, but I want to be used by you in extraordinary ways. And when you begin to pray with that kind of faith, God will open up doors of opportunity for you to act out in spirit-inspired boldness, and the world around you will take notice. All right, now let's move to the end of verse 13, because get this. Boldness is what catches their attention in the first place, But that would not have amounted to anything if it wasn't for the more important thing. At the end of verse 13, what does it say? They they took notice because of the boldness. But what made all the difference was the fact that these men had been with Jesus. These rulers realized that Peter and John didn't have the power within themselves, but they had been in proximity to the one with the power. It was all about their proximity to Jesus. 
Some of you are bold by nature, and that is amazing, but your boldness will be wasted if you have not been in proximity to Jesus. Some of you are more timid, all right? Maybe more of an introvert, but I've got good news for you. Because God will make you bold at the right time in the right way for the right reasons. We are all different. Every single one of us in this room, God has created each and every one of you to be different. But he has given each of us gifts, abilities, talents, and opportunities to open our mouth and act out in bold ways. But again, that boldness will amount to nothing if we are not pushing that attention to Jesus. If, and if, if we don't do that, then we're going to be like other people that without Jesus in this world, that they are bold. And that when they get the attention, all of the attention is on them because that's what matters most. Meaning that there's going to be nothing profitable in the, on the soul level. There's going to be nothing transformational that occurs because it's all pointing to self rather than to Jesus. You and I are mirrors. We are reflectors. We are shining. We, are, we want the attention so that we can reflect it and shine it on the one that deserves it, Jesus. When we act out in boldness, people will take notice, but it will be our proximity to Jesus that they will know something's different something's going on here because she's not that smart. There's something going on here because he's not, like he's not naturally like that, but what he's saying, he's saying it with such confidence. There must be something there. Or how is he not, how is he not um, depressed or down when all of this is happening in his life? There's got to be something more going on there. Do you see how that works? There's a boldness that catches their attention and then it's the proximity to Jesus that brings about true transformation. And that leads to our final points. Number three, boldness produces boldness. Boldness produces boldness. I want to share with you some of these final verses in our chapter today, Acts chapter 4, verse 23. When Peter and John were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God. And then you can continue to read, but these, these believers, they began to worship and they began to pray out in faith saying, Lord, give me that kind of boldness. When is the last time that you have prayed, God, make me bold? When's the last time that you've seriously come to the Lord and you said, God, make me bold? God, I know they're annoyed when I share my faith, but I don't want to shrink back. I don't want to grow complacent in my faith. I don't want to be okay with keeping my faith all to myself. God, Make me bold. When's the last time you prayed a, a contrite prayer for boldness? And listen, when you pray, God will answer that. God wants to make you bold. God wants his children to be bold. So God will answer that and God will begin to flood you with boldness and then give you opportunities to where you're standing up on that diving board and you have a decision to make. God, I prayed for boldness. You placed me in this position. It's uncomfortable and I don't like it. I want to turn to the, uh, the, the, the lifeguard on duty and have her help me back down the stairs. But God, you've given me this opportunity and so I'm going to step forward as intimidating as it might be. 
I'm going to cannonball off this thing. I'm going to take the opportunity that you've given me. Remember, guys, the result is not in your hands. Whether or not they respond in the way that you hoped, that's not up to you. Your task is to operate and act in boldness. And when you do, it will inspire boldness in the lives of others. Christians beside you will look at you. Your son and daughter will look at you. Your friends will look at you and say, what is he doing? What is she doing? That is something special and I want that. And then others will begin to act out in boldness too. Make me bold. It all begins with that simple prayer. Because check this out in verse 31, when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Boldness is not the pathway to least resistance, but boldness is the pathway to seeing God move in power. I love what the Puritan Philip Brooks wrote. He said, do not pray for easy lives. Pray to be stronger men and women. Do not pray for, at, for tasks equal to your power. Pray for power equal to your tasks. Life Church, listen. You have got big things to do. God has called you, equipped you, and positioned you to do great things for the kingdom of God. And the enemy of our soul wants you to be fearful of that, wants you to see the task before you and wants you to back off, wants you to descend the ladder to retreats. But God wants to use ordinary you in extraordinary ways. You and I must pray for power equal to the task that God has called you to. So that's what we're going to do right now. Would you stand to your feet all around this room? I want to lead you in a prayer as we conclude this message today. If you want to be bold for the cause of Christ, then it all begins with a simple request. God, make me bold. It's a prayer that God will always answer. I'm going to lead you in that prayer. I'm going to encourage you to pray with me, but listen. Do not pray the prayer if you do not mean it. Because if you do, you might just find yourself in awkward situations this week that you do not have the boldness to meet head on. But if you're okay with the possibility that some people around you might get annoyed, maybe even greatly annoyed, but to you, the risk is worth it because you know what it's like to have a relationship with Jesus. You know what the hope for your future is. You know what it's like to be in dark times, but to have a source of supreme, unending light with you and inside of you. And you want others to experience that too. If you want that kind of boldness today, you just need to pray a prayer. Make me bold. God, we come to you today. We need you. Because we do not always feel bold. We do not always feel like we are adequate for the task at hand. 
We don't always feel capable or able or smart enough, strong enough, wise enough. But God, remind us in this moment that it is in our weakness that you are made strong. So fill us with your Holy Spirit. Fill us with your Holy Spirit and inspire this boldness within us that doesn't come from us, but that comes from our Creator. We desire to be in close proximity so that everything we do points to you. God, may we be okay with the immediate attention so that then we can reflect to you. God, remind us that it is not our responsibility to save the people around us. It is simply our responsibility to act out and to live out our lives in Holy Spirit-inspired boldness. So God, today, we pray this simple, powerful prayer. Make me bold. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.